this is In the Making, and I'm your host, Teresa Ao. I am so excited to be bringing you this brand new podcast with intimate stories and life lessons from the front lines of the creator economy. On In the Making, you'll hear from content creators, communicators, marketers, designers, and the folks who do a little bit of everything, the slashies. So join us every two weeks for revealing and honest conversations where we get to find out together how these creators overcome the challenges of being small business owners and creatives at the same time. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with illustrator and designer Miranda Wong. By day, Miranda's a user experience designer at a major software company in the Bay Area. And at night, Miranda puts on her entrepreneurial hat and runs Mando's Bake Shop, which is not a bakery at all, but a web shop where Miranda sells her seriously adorable art prints, illustrated stationery, and the sweetest accessories. And believe me, her online virtual bake shop will delight and satisfy you and maybe make you just a little hungry for real baked goods, if not craving a shopping spree for all of her fun creations. Welcome to In the Making, Miranda. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So, Miranda, you graduated from college a couple of years ago with a double major in both design and economics. So practical. How has your practice and process shifted since you left school and are now creating for yourself? I think it was a little jarring for me to transition from school into the working world. There was a lot of structure that school provided. Something that I think I struggled with was feeling like I had to be creative all the time. And that time was like sacred because if I wasn't designing, I'd be in like meetings or doing other kinds of work. So I really only had that time for designing. And usually forcing yourself to be creative is not actually conducive to being creative. So it's a little hard to kind of get used to that versus like in school, I could just wait to get randomly hit with inspiration. But In work, it kind of has to happen between like that nine to five. So what do you do when you're stuck like creatively and your manager or your team needs some kind of creative output from you in a couple of hours? You know, what's your go-to thing to do when you need to do that creative output? Mm -hmm. I think I'm someone that's naturally more in my head about things. So I try to get into my body to kind of interrupt those thoughts and help clear my mind. So sometimes, even if it's just for like the span of like a song, I'll play a song, I'll like stand up, dance around, (laughs) or I'll take a walk as well. That helps me find inspiration. Kind of makes me want to stand up right now. (laughs) (laughs) How has what you've learned doing user experience design through your day job had an impact on your business? So I don't know if I try to carry aspects of what I do in my job into my side hustle. Fair, fair. So on the flip side, has anything about owning your own business changed the way you work at your day job? I think it has made me more confident in the sense of like, I think at work, when you're surrounded by a lot of really smart people, it's really easy to feel imposter syndrome. But then like when I work on my side hustle, 
I, I feel like I've like proved to myself that I can like do great things. Is there a moment you can think of at work that seems like a turning point for you, settling into a job as a transition from being a new graduate? You know, I'm pretty new to the working world. Like I've only been working for, I think, two years now. And sometimes I'm still like, what's going on? <laughs> I do think I see like glimpses of that where, you know, I feel secure. I'm like, oh, I can do this. Like I am totally meant to be here. So for example, I was presenting my design work to our project team. And it was the first time I ever like pushed back on something I really thought needed to be included in the design and ended up being able to like reason my way for keeping it. And they agreed with mm. me because I was like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. I deserve to be here. My opinion matters. And in that way, it didn't feel like I was just a little like budding young graduate anymore. Yeah. So have you found other new hires at work that you get support from? Or do you find it with other friends that are new to other workplaces? At work, we have this program where we usually have like a cohort of new grads. When we first started, we would have like one-off meetings together where we would just talk about anxieties and like <laughs> things that happened in work that, that we need to talk about, just like just to talk about it. And then also with new cohorts that come, whenever they communicate to me that they're feeling like lost or like confused, I'm just like, honestly, same. <laughs> and then we talk about it together. Yeah, you have camaraderie, like you're yeah. not alone in this. And then on the flip side, are there mentors or, or people that can guide you who's been in the workforce for a while? Yeah, we just launched a mentorship program. So... I can't speak to that one too much, but there has been someone at work who has been at my company for a really long time. And people had told me, oh, she was in the same position as you. Like she felt this way when she first started. And I've had a couple of meetings with her just like talking about it. And that's been really nice because I really look up to her and I'm like, okay, if she can be where she is today and come from like where I am right now, then hopefully I can do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So how do you balance running your side hustle with your full-time job at a very busy tech firm, plus all the other things that's happening in your life? Because family is important to you. And I recently learned that you're in a band. Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is having discipline. But more for me, it's more about managing my own expectations. I'll set the expectation that during the day, I have to focus on work, but then also setting the expectation that after work, I need to work on like A, B, and C for my shop. So I'll start the day knowing that, yeah, I'm probably going to be working for a long time. And eventually, like, it'll just kind of feel like a routine to me. Yeah, I think managing your expectation and just waking up knowing that this is going to be a 14-hour day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not too scary. Is it hard to get inspired when you know that you have so little time in the evening? I'm more creative at night, I would say. So it's not as hard to get creatively energized for my business since that's like in the evening time. And then how many hours would you say you work every night? I don't work on the weekends. So I pretty much work really hard during the week. I, I still make time for life maintenance. <laughs> After work, I usually take a break for a little bit, but then I'll like work out or something. And then I'll sit down and kind of do the tasks I have to do for my business. That's usually like six to eight. 
and then at eight I'll eat dinner and then after that maybe I'll keep working on some art stuff but usually the nights are pretty sacred if it's too much I'm not going to force myself to work on shop stuff there's not any hard deadlines for things unless I'm working on like a, a project specifically with a company or something but also trying to give myself grace when I feel burnt out helps me balance my work and my side hustle and just having a personal life. Okay, that sounds much more manageable. I was thinking right after work, you would get down to business for Mando's Bake Shop and just work late into the night. And you know, there's so much to the business is not just creating those cute little stationary accessories, but you also do all of your shipping and I've seen it on Instagram. And I'm sure you know, just prioritizing, planning, and strategizing, all of that. Mm -hmm. So when and why did you start Mando's Bake Shop? Was it right after school? So it was in my senior year of college, which was pretty much in the thick of the pandemic. I wanted to find a healthy way to use my time since there wasn't a lot of opportunities to like go outside or be with people. It was also day after day, there was something tragic happening on the news. And I just felt very deeply saddened by the things that I was seeing. So I felt like I needed to do more than just express my sympathy. And so I made it a point for my business to always donate 10% of proceeds that I make. And I felt like sharing my art could do more than just being an aesthetic piece of decor. And it also gave people a way to indirectly support causes they care about as well by supporting me. It could be the reason someone gets to eat or they get the help that they need. Yeah, I, that is so commendable. I know when we first talked, I was so moved by that because during the pandemic, when you started Mando's Bake Shop, it was you know a time of, it was during Black Lives Matter. And uh, I'm sorry, it was a really trying time, including for myself. So I know that's really moving. And I just love people that are giving back and also what you said. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it just brought back memories of Black yeah. Lives Matter and Asian hate and all the things that yeah. I dealt with personally. So yeah. it's just, it was really a hard time. Wow. That was unexpected. I love that you started Mondo's Bake Shop to be creative and, you know, your designs are so fun and joyful and light and it's such a delight. So thank you for bringing that into the world. Thank you. How did you come up with the name Mando's Bake Shop? So my name is Miranda, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my nicknames that my friends gave me is Mando. And I don't know, I like the nickname. So I kept that. And then I do love baking and I kind of wanted to make like a, a virtual bake shop. So I felt like this art account could be that for me, like I could just draw things inspired by desserts that I've made or desserts that I like. So is it your goal to eventually do Mando's Bake Shop full time? I thought about that in the beginning, especially when it was during like the transition from going from school to the working world. I was like, how can I do this for the rest of my life? I think now I kind of like it as just like a part-time thing that I do on the side. It wouldn't really feel as as fun since it would be my main source of income. So what do you envision for Mando's Bake Shop in the future? Would you want to expand it to working with other artists or hire an assistant to pack your orders for you for your adorable keychains and washi tapes? 
I haven't thought too hard about expanding the business right now, but maybe it would be helpful to have someone like manage the more like administrative part of it for me so I could spend my time doing actual creative work. And it's kind of funny that you asked that because <laughs> right now, like my my mom helps me pack all my orders. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I want to take away her job like that. <laughs> How much of your Mando's Bake Shop time is creative versus administrative? I honestly don't do that much administrative work. <laughs> I think maybe 70% is creative and then 30% is kind of figuring out like the logistics of everything, like having to talk to like manufacturers, setting up files for them, budgeting, things like that. Most important part is like being actually creative and making the work to then turn into like products. Now, I know you recently also started printing locally for your shop. What have you learned through the process of sourcing in person? Yeah, that's actually been very fun for me. I feel like I've gotten to learn about how things work behind the scenes. I, I had to figure out like just by actually going in and talking to them, how to correctly set up files for them to make what I want to make the way that I want it to come out. For example, I was trying to make tote bags. I had to figure out like, how can I get the most accurate colors to translate from digital to print? And they taught me how to do that. So I had mm -hmm. like a very lengthy conversation around colors with them. I've only just started building relationships with companies locally, but you know, I feel like I've learned how to like how to talk to them and how they work so that in the future it'll feel more comfortable. Yeah. And how often do you post online, like on social platforms? <laughs> I used to be more consistent about it, but I think that was burning me out really quickly where I felt like, oh, I have to post twice a week, which means I would have to create two illustrations a week, which was a lot for me, to be honest. So now I kind of do maybe like once a week. Sometimes I skip a week. It's just kind of what I have time for since I still want it to be something fun that I look forward to doing. And it doesn't feel like a chore to me. Just because I'm so curious, we met, you know, a year and a half ago and your following and supporters and community has grown. How do you think you've grown that community online? I think just through posting consistently and also trying to create like a stronger like brand for myself because I think before like I I posted a bunch of different kinds of art I think it confused people what kind of artist I was and like what kind of art I put out but recently posting art that kind of goes along with my brand now has helped me grown a lot more because most people want to follow artists that are consistent with their art so what kind of posts gets the most engagement is it when you pose a question is it a video? Is it static images? For you, what has worked the most? Honestly, I can't tell because the Instagram algorithm is kind of a toss up. But I do think that at one point, reels, Instagram reels were really impactful in getting just like eyes on your work and eyes on your account. Sometimes a reel will do really well. Sometimes a post will do really well. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think you just continue to focus on doing what you do best and putting it out there. Yeah, I think that's the main thing, just like to have something to post because, you know, one post might not do very well, but if you keep posting, like one of them is bound to catch some traction on Instagram. So how did you decide to brand the business? Did you pick the style of art that was getting the most response online or was it more personal? Because your artwork and illustrations are very unique, right, to you. 
At first, it was, you know, I was just making what I wanted to create and what I found to be cute and what I liked making. And fortunately, that also kind of boded well with my audience. I think at a point, I didn't really enjoy making this kind of art anymore, but I felt like I needed to keep doing it because that's what people liked. And so I kind of made the decision to change up my art style rather drastically in this last year. And even though it's not as widely loved as the art style that I used to do, it's a lot more personal to me because it's something that I would personally buy myself and I would hang up on my walls. Because if I didn't like what I was doing, then there would kind of be no point in doing it. For people who don't know your art before and now, how would you describe the difference between the art styles? So there's a concept of fan art in the art world. And that's essentially art that's inspired by like movies or any kind of media. Like it could be like anime or TV shows, things like that. So I used to make a lot of art inspired by my favorite movies, my favorite TV shows, and also incorporating like that that baked goods, like dessert element to it as well. And now I don't do as much fan art, mainly because I I wanted people to like my art for the sake of art, not just like because they like the show or like because they like the movie that it came from. I still do incorporate that kind of dessert inspiration, but not as much anymore. So what's the response been to the change in art style? And I love the new art. It's very distinctive. <laughs> I think it's been okay. It's obviously not as popular as my old stuff, but honestly, that's fine. Like I am a lot happier with the art that I'm making now because it's something that I personally like myself and I don't feel like I have to make it to make people happy. I think I'm slowly building a new audience of people that like my new art. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your recent Instagram post about the artist's way. Julia Cameron's classic book from the 90s that lay out a process for tapping into creativity. I have that book as well. I'm curious if you decided to dive in there. I was inspired by a very talented artist that's like pretty well known in the artist community. Her name is Tiffany and she goes by Apple Cheeks in her social media. But Apple she's, Cheeks. Yeah, Apple <laughs> Cheeks. <laughs> but she's been posting her The Artist's Way journey on YouTube and I've just been watching her go through the process and reflect on her her own creative journey. I think that's just like made me think a lot about mine as well. I don't know too much about the book, but I do know the point of it is to kind of refresh your creative self and find your way back into feeling more in tune with that part of yourself. So uh, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I do think that it would help me get out of my head and figure out, you know, like, why do I do the things that I do? Like, why am I creative? What motivates me? What discourages me? And I think that'll help make the future a little bit more clear to me as a creative, which I hope in turn will make me a stronger artist and creative professional. A hundred percent. Maybe we should start reading it together. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> I feel like through watching that artist on YouTube, I do feel very influenced to try and start it myself. Yeah. What advice do you have for anyone who's trying to balance both a day job and a side hustle? I don't know if it's advice, but I just think like you need to really want to do it. If your motivation is like to make more money 
by doing like your side hustle, that's fine, you know, but you just like have to have a reason for like really wanting to do it. For me, I think having my small business, it like keeps me sane. And I genuinely like look forward to doing it and working on it. Because it's hard work. (laughs) I mean, the payoff is great, but yeah, you do have to want to do it. Do your coworkers know about your side hustle? I feel like I'm a little weird about it where like I don't just like start talking about my side business and like that I have an Instagram account where people follow me, like support me, everything like that. But some of them do know about it <laughs> just just from like if they ask me like, oh, how's my weekend? I'll tell them that I like worked on some illustration stuff and then it might come up and I'll tell them about it. Mm-hmm. What feels like success for you, Miranda? You'd think that success would be like, oh, I have like tons of followers. I get tons of engagement online. But the thing that's made me the most happy so far is just like connecting with the people that truly love my work. For example, I just did an art market this weekend in San Francisco and this girl came up to me and I was like, oh, hi, like nice to meet you. Like no pressure to like buy anything. And she said she followed me on Instagram and that I was the reason that she came to the Aww. art market. Yeah. And that just that just really made my day. The fact that someone cared enough about my art and cared enough about me to come see me in person and support me that way just really meant a lot. I love that answer. I love that you equate success with happiness. Like you said, what makes you most happy is you're making other people's lives happy and mm-hmm. and your art is meaningful for some people. What is your one vision word for the rest of 2023? I think the word that I would like to guide the rest of 2023 for me as a creative person is the word experiment. Mm. I think that a lot of times, like I don't really make time to experiment, to like be innovative and come up with like really fun, playful ideas because I'm always thinking about like, oh, like what are people going to like? And what's stopping you from experimenting today no one's ever said anything to me I just have like expectations in my head for what people might want to see or what people will like and I think that's kind of the reason I don't experiment as much because I'm like oh what if I experiment and people don't like it then it's kind of a waste but uh these things could just be for me so Miranda you already did that in 2023 you changed your style you know, <laughs> that was definitely that was scary to do, to be honest. I was really anxious about doing that, but it just felt like something that had to be done because I, I just, I felt like I was creating things for other people, not myself anymore. So congrats. You, you've already started experimenting and you continue to do that and you're so innovative. Thank you. <laughs> A tremendous thank you to Miranda Wong for joining me today. I loved hearing her fresh perspective as someone new to both the working world and creative entrepreneurship. I walked away with so many valuable insights from our conversation and I truly love her commitment to her own creative instinct, even when it proves less popular with her followers. Here are just a few key takeaways. One, Miranda manages to balance a full-time job with her creative side hustle through time management, but she also manages her expectations of her time. Set realistic goals for what you need to accomplish and make sure you get quality time with family and friends to recharge. Two, 
getting feedback from your audience on social is a great way to get feedback, especially when you're working alone, with the benefit that it gives your community a stake in the final product. Three, you can learn from your day job and vice versa. Miranda has found more confidence in her day job based on all the achievements that she's had from her side hustle. Four, build relationships with your vendors and learn from them. You don't have to figure out everything by yourself. This is In The Making, and I'm your host, Teresa Ao. I'll be back with a new guest and new inspiration from the creator economy every two weeks. So please take a few seconds to follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, be sure to give us a rating and a review in your favorite podcast app. We're brand new, so we would really appreciate it if you would share this show with your friends, family, and colleagues. We'd love to hear from you, so email us at inthemaking at adobe.com with any feedback and suggestions. Thank you so very much for listening, and I'll see you all in a fortnight. Thank you.